Conversation Hat Podcast. Welcome back to the Conversation Hat Podcast. Ostensibly a oh, comedy. God. Ah. Oh no, Ben's already upset. <laughs> ben, God, we're back. It's hit. We're still here. We're still here. We're still locked in our respective Ugh. rooms. Still recording podcasts. Uh, the Conversation Hello. Hat is a ostensibly comedy podcast for geeks, artists, and terrible people. Uh, I'm all three on a good day. Ben, are you all three right now? What are you feeling? I never have good days, Liam. I just have days oh. where the screaming is less. I, I don't really know what to say to that. My screaming or their screaming? Who knows? It's Amazing. very difficult to look after house plants. Sometimes they get aggravated. Yeah, yeah, truly. I have no response to that. So I'm just going to quickly introduce our guest to get rid of Sweet. Ben's in the turmoil. Our guest this week is composer, designer, and YouTuber Martin Keary. You might know him better as Tantacrill. How is it going, Martin Keary, a.k.a. Tantacrill? Tantacrill. <laughs> I said it wrong. I'm so sorry. Tantacrill. Um, <clears throat> I'm deeply offended. Um, yeah, sorry. Very well. Thanks very much. It's gone great. Well, it's gone as good as can be given the circumstances, but that's probably the answer that ev- yes. everyone in the world is giving right now. So good, I guess. Yeah, good. <laughs> good considering. Yeah. Not where I expected it would be in September of 2020, but uh, yeah, you know, fine. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's about um, it. Could you give us a bit of an overview of what you do? I've given the vaguest overview possible could you give us a bit more info uh sure uh, i um well i get I'm, I'm a musician first and foremost um was a musician since you know, i think i studied violin when i was about like five or something and then got into the guitar a little bit later on and i played in punk bands for years uh, and at the same time i was also very much into art and draftsmanship and drawing comics and general goofiness like that. I was one of those type of kids. Fast forward a couple of years, I ended up studying in university, studying design and then playing in bands, sort of, that was what I did for my social life. Then I stayed in a band for a couple of years and tried to do a sort of professional job. Of course, the whole plan that I had set out for ourselves or for our band was, we'll release albums and we'll put them in shops and people will buy them and then we'll make money. And uh, yeah, we actually got the part where we made the albums and got them in shops. It was just the third part that didn't really work. Came to London to take advantage of my design degree, became a designer, found my way gradually into software design. I was very unhappy around the time just before I got into Microsoft, my musical roots were beginning to fade a little bit. I was still very much a musician. I was still recording music, but I had no outlet for it and no audience anymore. And I missed live gigging and everything. I just decided, well, I'd actually made this decision basically the moment I moved to London, but it was something I had been working on a long time, which was studying studying music in more detail. A couple of years later, when I felt it was the right time, I applied to go, I applied to a couple of conservatoires uh, around the UK. So I picked the one in the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland that offered me the master's, which increasingly is looking like the best decision I ever made in my life. Then it just turned out that that was just the final piece of the puzzle. Um, so I just kind of thought to myself at that moment, I was really big into like red letter media. And I just kind of thought, you know what? I am an animator. I have like motion graphics background. I have a musical background. I just kind of thought, why the hell aren't I doing this on YouTube? I never shut up about music. I've got a bazillion opinions. Um, and then I just started making videos. So then I did this thing about Sibelius, this, this video about what a nightmare it is to learn. It went viral. It got shared all over the place and all my other videos then exploded. It was crazy. In fact, they exploded more than the Sibelius one did. And then people were clamoring for me to do another video about this program called MuseScore. So I did a a video about that, um, made fun of it, got in contact with the MuseScore. People thought I should probably do a better job of actually like getting in contact with the company in question, you know, um, 
after the video was released, they took it rather well. They took some of my criticisms on the chin and then they kind of said, you know what, it'd be great if we could convince the people who, who you know, own the purse strings here to bring you in as a designer. And then I met the guy who owns the place or, or runs Ultimate Guitar, had dinner with him, you know, and the more and more we chatted and the more and more I got involved, uh, the more we liked each other. And then he just said, hey, why don't you just come on and just, just head up the design of the whole thing. Um, and that was great. <laughs> and uh, and since then, I'm now actually the product owner. I, I, I literally decide what MuseCore does and I, I decide it's roadmap now. So I got doubly promoted, which is great. And it's perfect for me because it's, you know, all all of it happened because of that decision to go to this conservatoire and study a completely arcane dead art that no one cares about, that has absolutely no listeners. Um, so, yeah, that's my random route uh, that's just been a, a weird collection of Lego bricks that have all stacked together quite happily um, of experience. Uh, yeah, okay. Isn't it amazing when you can, like, trace back the biggest successes in your life to like a very specific moment and then it'll keep you awake wondering what if you didn't do that <laughs> that's a really yeah it's really scary i can pinpoint a precise moment where that happened not just even then because the first year in the conservatory i kind of ran out of money so i sent an email to those guys uh to sorry to gordon mcpherson the head of the, the department and i said i i can't study here anymore here's the reason why mm. i really loved studying with you i've learned an, an enormous amount um, I also got on with Gordon particularly well anyway uh, and still do. And then he, um, I was in India with my wife and um, he called me up and he just said, listen, we've never done this before, but we have this actual, pr- this program that we've been talking about for a while where you can study the second year of the master's part time, meaning you could work. Then just, you have to come every week for a lesson in Glasgow. That's the only thing that's a problem. You have to come for a lesson every week. I was like, sure, I'll fly from London. Then I got like, and then I just was in the, I was in the department basically for three years rather than two. Uh, And actually those last two years really made the difference. So that phone Mm. call from Gordon changed an enormous amount for me, I would say. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So I can, I can, like, you know, I, uh, it's weird how much Gordon in particular and that particular phone call plays into my life, you know? Amazing. Shout out I, to Gordon. Yeah. Shout out to Gordon. Go Gordon. I'm going to be featuring Gordon. I'm going to be featuring Gordon in my new video, by the way. He, he's a very funny dude and a great composer. Amazing. I'm going to do a little sideways plug here uh, because if you're listening to this, you're already listening to a podcast, which is great. Uh, if you go find the LT Guitarist podcast, we have a, about an hour-long interview where I talk to Martin and go even more into detail about his life and his practices and opinions on YouTube. So if you want more Martin, you can go find the LT Guitarist podcast. It's spelt exactly how it sounds like it's spelt. But it's very important that you finish this episode first because we need the ratings. Yeah, um, don't 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 leave. <laughs> don't leave just yet. I'm not part of that podcast. No. No, you're not. I want my conversation hat royalties. <laughs> Pull a question out the hat and then say what it says. That's the whole point of this podcast. Uh, this question comes from Almighty Colossus on Discord. Ooh. Best name. Uh, what movies do you have the fondest childhood memories of? Childhood movies that you have Ooh. the fondest memories of. Uh, I have one if people don't have one immediately in their brains. Speak to us of your childhood. Uh, Star Wars. Massively influential, massively... uh, um, What's the word where you watch something back and you feel... Yeah, nostalgic, but like in a really kind of uniquely sort of childhood kind of way. I would second second you on Star Wars. I I had three in my head. I won't go into all three right away, but definitely Star Wars... Yeah. Because of it would always be on a Christmas time, and it was always mm. this on a different level to all the other Christmas movies that you'd see, and it didn't have that. 
I mean, yes, there was a cult, but I wasn't aware of this cult at the time. Um, I just thought, I loved this movie. This movie is so interesting. It's got all kinds of crazy aliens and stuff in it. And it's also scary and sad because an old man dies in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, it's very hard to be able to just access that nostalgia because of this never-ending bloody obsession with it. But yeah, so go on anyway. But yeah, absolutely, Star Wars, good answer. Star Wars, yeah, because I was, uh, so I was born in 89, so when I was, I was like the target audience for the uh, the second trilogy, the, the Jar Jar Binks trilogy, um, which, yeah, swings and misses, but I think the, the big, I was slightly younger when the remasters of, the original trilogy came out so that was like mm-hmm. the big thing for me where they was that the one where they just randomly put Jabba the Hutt in the A New Hope for no reason there was a couple though and I can't remember yeah uh, I, there were some bits where it was just like meant to be desert and then they added things going yeah that, that's exactly it it was really cool at the time though because uh, I got to, I got to see Star Wars in, in the cinema for yeah. the first time that way as a result of that and I was like oh my god oh look at all these weird looking amazing graphics that they've put on you know <laughs> overlaying like you know way nicer visuals if you if you actually think about it and then yeah um the Jar Jar Binks movies came out I, I watched Phantom Menace Phantom Menace was broadly fine um and then I think what was the second of that three uh, Attack, Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones. Clones. yeah I saw that and was like ah, I'm probably done with Star Wars Little did I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and since then, it's been fine. I quite liked Solo. I quite liked Rogue One. And I'll say no more about Star Wars. You've heard our opinions about Star Wars. This is weird because my, my brain also, one of the first things that popped into my head was Star Wars. I think hmm. because I would watch it on VHS with my dad. And that seems to be a, that's like quite a strong movie memory. Yeah. I thought that Solo was all right, yeah. and I didn't quite understand why people were getting so cross about it. But then the next day, I watched Rogue One. I went, "Oh, Solo came out after this, yeah. and this is amazing." Yeah, that's Rogue where One was the, pretty that's good. why people had issue with it. Um, yeah, I my brain went Star Wars, Jurassic Park, possibly because mm. I've seen both of those in the cinema within the last month. Uh, but the, one of the first things that the, the very first movie was the Page Master. Oh, yeah, yeah good shout! Again, I get again on VHS, and um, as Martin said, it, this also I have a memory of this being on loads at Christmas. Mm. It was oh, it's on quick, go and sit and watch the movie that you have on VHS, but with adverts. <laughs> and it was so cool as well. You remember those moments where like. For some reason, the whole, no one in the family is doing any work because it's Christmas. And then you all sit around and watch a movie like The Princess Bride or, yes. you know, Star Wars. Or, actually, here's a funny one. Does anyone have any fond memories of The NeverEnding Story? Remember that was always on and it was always considered to be this great movie, but I always hated the bloody movie. And I I'm still not, do. I don't get I I get why a certain type of person might like it. And that sounds really shady of me. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Just, just not for me. The dog scares me. The dog really scares me. The dog me. is a bit petrifying. Not into it. It's a frightening movie. That, yeah. I'll give it that much. It's dark as hell. Like, yeah. I mean, it's got an apocalypse in it, and they actually pull the trigger on the apocalypse as well. <laughs> Go on, Ben. I genuinely had not seen that movie until lockdown. Oh, really? So not much nostalgia for you. 
I think that a lot of the weight of that movie is carried on nostalgia. Yes. At the time, I'm sure that that was a really awesome film. Mm. And I'm not saying it was bad. It was sort of like Dark Crystal Labyrinthy type time. Labyrinth, so, the, so, so it was really one. good for the time, and I'm sure that was very successful. And I'm not meaning to say anything bad about it, but I did think it was a bit shit. <laughs> I always thought it was a bit shit when I was a kid. I mean, when when you're a kid, you kind of it's hard to say, oh, that movie's rubbish. You don't I, you don't have those kind of critical faculties. At least I didn't. Yeah. I kind of just took every movie and. I felt emotions and I wasn't able to really think about those emotions afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a good movie. That was a bad movie. I just thought about it as the movie I'll definitely watch because it's got some interesting things in it, but kind of scares me and it's quite depressing. And there's a a certain type of lack of satisfaction that comes with watching it because it doesn't really end in any way that makes any sense. Yeah, Um, there is that. But there's a bit in it like that is nightmarish. There's a bit where some, I think it's one of the kids, one of the main kids who's traveling on some journey. He has to like, negotiate his way past these two statues that shoot lasers at, at you. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. That, that rings a bell. It's freaky. And, and the man goes ahead of it and bursts. He, like, turns into dust or fire or something. And then the lad's like, well, better go through that myself. Yeah. And it's something like you, ha- you have to not be worried or something. <laughs> you have to read. Is it like the whole truth is like, don't be scared. Because if you if you worry that the lasers are going to blow you up, you're going to get blown up by the lasers. Should have gone so first. Just pretend they're not there. It'll be fine. Wow. Basically, be brain dead. That's what we need. <laughs> That's what we need in a hero. What got me was just the idea that there are these statues that are sitting there and they're aware that people are passing by. And for some reason, they feel the need to shoot lasers at people. I just couldn't get over that setup. That this is a thing that exists, and I was like, "Well, why are they there? Why did they? Why did they do this? What is the? Why are they so mean?" And this is just like what goes through the head of a, of a kid, and it was just really freaky. I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it, really. <laughs> like, I just couldn't help but just I just laser focused on what on earth is the deal with these stat- statues, and like, why are they sentient, and why is that the thing they choose to do with themselves with their time? You know, <laughs> why are they topless? Why are they top- <laughs> were they topless? I don't remember that. I remember yeah, they, were kind of they, had, they had little looking. boobs. <laughs> Statue boobs. I want to throw uh, Goonies in there as well. That's got a nice, like, childhood Christmas sort of nostalgia feel. I tried to show my wife the Goonies. I, I do kind of this thing. My, my, my wife is, um, she yeah, she's Indian. And okay. although there's a lot of, like, culture shared bet- between India and Ireland and England, like, they, they, they get a lot of our media. Um, there's certain things that just she never like never heard about or never picked up on, and, and a lot of movies I've got to show her that she'd never seen before, like Pulp Fictions, for example. Oh, okay, yeah. um, that was a great one. But I remember at one point I said, "Oh, you gotta watch The Goonies. That's like that's like a classic." And I'd shown her like uh, Back to the Future, for example. There's another one we, we should obviously have to mention. Mm. Um, in, in fact, that might even be up there with Star Wars levels of, of um, nostalgia. But like I showed her that movie and. She was like, this movie's annoying. Yeah. This, that kid is irritating. This is a crap movie. Can you just turn it off? And I was like, I can't really disagree with her. I'm finding this movie really annoying now, but I, I just couldn't get over it when I was a kid. It is something just like, if, if you have that childhood nostalgia memory, like you'll, you'll put up with some pretty shoddy uh, filmmaking. Like most people, a never-ending story, I guess. Amazing. I think it sounds like we all basically agree on Star Wars, though. <laughs> That's nice. What about Indiana Jones, though? Oh, yeah. Jones is all... Yeah. Indiana Jones is there as well, but I, I have the memory of Indiana Jones. I have the memory of Jurassic Park, but there's just something I can visualize 
the exact moment of sitting on the sofa watching Star Wars, mm. just like perfect, perfectly clear. I'm gonna have to go with Star Wars. Yeah. But hey, that's me. I'm one of three dudes here. You dudes can have different opinions than this dude. I mean, I I already said mine was Star Wars, so don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> now I just feel like I've copied you. I think uh, I think it's probably between Back to the Future and Star Wars for me, and maybe Indiana I Jones. I have a feeling just. I can't, I'd have to go back and ask my younger self what's my favourite movie. And it depends on what kind of younger self, because at one point that was Transformers movie was my favourite movie. But I think, like, generally speaking, I would have either gone back to the future because I have such strong memories of watching that. And it was also part of a trilogy as well. And, you mm. know, you got to enjoy the second movie and the third movie. And he didn't realise at the time that the second movie was actually kind of bad. Um, and, you know, at the time you just think it's, it's even better than the first one because there's yeah. skateboards in it that float. <laughs> Um, but anyway, okay. So okay, let's just agree on Star Wars and Good stuff. get this over with. Okay. Right. <laughs> Star Wars with a couple of honourable mentions. Conversation. This is going to be a really weird one. I think this is a Laura question. Um, so, <sighs> peanut butter, cocoa butter, body butter, invent a new butter. Mm, I am so, so annoyed that the audience did not hear the few-minute conversation that we had before we were recording about butter. Open butter. And we joked that at some point... We, we joked that that would be the vein of comedy that made it all the way through this episode. Yep. Should we do the worst thing we could possibly do and actually try to explain what we found funny? <laughs> that sounds like such a bad idea that maybe we should actually do it. Um, do we explain it or do we recreate it? We, oh, oh God, will we recreate it? Let's, rec- that's Let's even try worse. and recreate yeah. it. <laughs> because it's okay if we recreate it and it's bad because we know it's going to be bad. I remember how this started. Okay. It started, I was late by about a minute. I didn't have any lunch, so I grabbed a sandwich and I was munching away on the sandwich while logging on to talk to you guys. And I said, guys, can you just give me like two minutes? I just want to munch this sandwich really quickly. And then we had a conversation about sandwiches. Oh, sorry, we're recreating it, aren't we? Um, That's okay. If you just give me two minutes, minutes, I'm just going to have my sandwich. Oh boy, you made a sandwich in three minutes. What have you put in the sandwich? Over to you, Ben. I think it's you, Ben. (laughs) Oh, well, line. I don't know. <laughs> like, no one could make and eat a sandwich in three minutes. You just have to have just butter. Just like an open sandwich with butter. Just an open butter sandwich. Open butter sandwich? What is an open butter sandwich, Ben? It's a sandwich. Just open but open butter sandwich. Not some not a sandwich made with open butter. <laughs> Don't was, Google that. Don't Google it. That was the line. Don't what happens Google if I it. Google it, Ben? I don't fucking know, Liam. I've just made open butter up. And, um, and Liam, you feel physically ill about open butter, I understand. Yeah, there's just something about the phrase open butter that makes me a bit queasy. I don't know what it is. It's not like if I go to the fridge and open the lure pack, I look at it and just vomit in it. That's not happened yet. Ha ha ha. This conversation is so spontaneous and funny. Isn't it a pity we didn't press record? If only we had said open butter during the recording, we could have then used it as the through line throughout the episode and it would be really funny. That would be typical that we would make a joke throughout an episode for something that the audience has no clue about. (laughs) Yes, what a pity. Oh, we are so funny. Maybe we'll have to recreate it word for word. We're getting meta now. We didn't say that. 
I said it in my brain. Should we? <laughs> you said it in your brain. Don't. Oh, that was my brain saying. <laughs> um, so, dear listeners, this is one of those magical moments where. I mean, I st- I'm still not clear on what open butter. Ben, when you say <laughs> open butter, do you mean just literally a piece of bread with butter on it, not folded? Yeah, is that's it an fo- open sandwich. Okay, surely you'd have to fold it and then unfold it for it to be open. Because if it's flat no, with butter on it, that's its, it's default just state. Stuff, it's just stuff on bread. Stuff on bread but is an in, open sandwich. But in cafes and restaurants and stuff, it's an open sandwich. It's not. It's a Half. sandwich with lef- less bread. Less bread. And there wasn't bread put on top, so it wasn't ever a sandwich. It's so stuff open, on toast. Open butter is just a bit of bread with butter on it. Not, not folded. An, it is an open sandwich with just butter. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think an open butter sandwich is butter like Kerrygold and it's just sort of been left lying around open and that's mm. the butter you choose to make your sandwich with. So it's an open so butter sandwich. So it's kind sandwich. of been left open See, to the that's elements. O- that's open butter, yeah. Just a, just a butter um, tray just in Dartmoor floating around. A seagull's there for no reason. There's worms in it, and then you spread that on your toast. Mmm, open butter, tastes of Dartmoor. But the um, yeah, but the sandwich is closed, but the butter is open. So it's an open butter sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two bits of bread. What you have is two open butter sandwiches, and then they kiss, and that's the uh, open butter no, combo. No, no, it would it would have to be an open open butter oh, sandwich. Oh, actually, you know what? You've you've got me there. Because it would be because it, it's an open sandwich yeah. filled with open butter. So it's an double open. open open butter sandwich. Can I have a double open, please? <laughs> it's like we just flip it round so it's butter side down. I've opened it twice. Is um, that then a butter sandwich sandwich? If the other part or of is the that, sandwich that's is a plate. butter sandwich because it's got one bit of bread in the middle and butter butter. So you've buttered both sides of the bread. That's no, I've breaded two bits of butter. Ah. This this is the second worst butter-related thing I've heard today. And I you've heard like one it. of them twice. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really sure about that. Um, well, I mean, we have invented a new kind of butter, haven't we? So, like, retrospectively, I think open butter is the, the, the butter that we have made. I'm not going to go buttering... Can we, or... we cross-promote? Guys, uh, listeners, yeah. if you... Send in, send us in your open butter sandwich pictures on Twitter. Show us, yes, please. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. Can you show us your best open butter sandwich? Um, I've, I don't know what else to say. Okay, I think we've established. We've now brought it in. We, we've done what we said we would do. What was the question? Invent a new kind of butter. <laughs> okay, open, open butter. butter. Okay, fine. We've done. I it. think we're there. <laughs> Move on. All right. Next question. <laughs> um, Blazing through these. Does anyone have any more? Butter sentiments. Wasn't there like Marmite butter made? Oh, I feel ill again. Was that an actual thing or was that just an episode of Two Pints of Lager and a packet of crisps? I think that may have been TV, Ben. Because they, they mushed Marmite into butter then. But I thought that could be a good thing. Because like toast, if You'd you're having... You'd have to like a... Marmite. You what? You'd have to like Marmite, I imagine. And butter. <laughs> sure. I'm not arguing with the butter. I never argue with the but butter. But if you it's have marmite, marmite on not. toast, it can be. It can take so much time. But if you just add marmite, can be hard to spread. Sure. So if you had it in like flora marmite combo, right? Bang! You've saved what? time. Just get a squeezy tube for your marmite, like ketchup. 
Yeah, but that's going to end up with a messy knob, isn't it? <laughs> like the little squirty outfit, it's going to be messy. Yeah, but that's true of everything, so... And we're also not talking about squeezy bottles, are we, Liam? It's invent new butter. Oh, butter, not bottles. Sorry. So I would have Marmite butter so I can have an open Marmite butter sandwich. Is the Marmite open or is the butter open? The sandwich is open because it's just Marmite on toast. No, that would be. Gotcha. You're thinking of an open open. Oh, sorry. I'm new to this. <laughs> I've never worked in the service industry other than that time I was in a freezer for a while. Um, I, I, with feel, Boris. I feel like that we've uh, properly milked the butter corner. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I'm sure. I have a feeling we could. You could have done better there. I, I'm trying to think how to work the word churn in or something. I can't believe it's not better myself. Oh, that's a little bit better. Oh, that was cheesy. Thank you. That's a different kind of dairy. I'm pulling another question out. I'm done. <laughs> okay, another pink Udders. one. Others. Yes. Utterly ridiculous. Oh, okay, this could be interesting. Uh, Liam, tell me what that post-it note said as you put it past your eyes. <laughs> is, this, is this the shtick, you guys? Liam keeps making visual jokes and then you, you say what he's doing. And then, <laughs> just for listeners, that was very funny because Liam tends to do things that we can see, but you obviously can't. Uh, and yes. then Ben says them out loud, not only to inform, but also to mock. It's very funny. <laughs> and and cuz past your eyes cuz like yes. milk. Oh, I didn't even still pick up on, on the, that. Still on the still on the dairy. On three levels and you also said udders. I did I did pick up on that one. But yeah. So, I think you just said the word udders. Yeah, but didn't I you? did just shout out the word udders. Oh, I thought you were um, saying, I thought you were like pick up the udders as in the udder post-its. Oh. I thought that, that, that would have been, been clever. Right. I, instead I was just screaming. But past your eyes was actually Pasteurized was deliberate. Wow! See this butter shit. It goes. It's so smooth, <laughs> sliding through the episode like it's buttery self. So I, I've I've got a very interesting post-it here, and I I just want to be conscious of like we uh, we have to go and record a Patreon exclusive episode. So I'm just trying to be conscious of um, Martin's time. Um, so if we can keep this particular question within 10 minutes that would be great but also the post it says eurovision is amazing discuss did the person who wrote that write it because they knew i'd be on on the show no wow okay yeah we we do occasionally tailor some of the questions towards our guests but this is not one of those occasions yeah i'll let you guys lead off with that then I, I, I was going to say, I have um, some interesting Eurovision, uh, well, an interesting Eurovision story, which yeah, I'm go going to save until the Patreon only, until the Patreon Ooh. bit. Because, Ooh. you know. Because you want more money. It's well, all about money now. Would, yeah, now I'd say it like that. I was going to be incentive and, oh, you'll have to check that out, but you've got to pay for it, so. 
where you can't give in because that sets another well, no. precedent. But now I have to save it, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who wanted to hear that, you're going to have to give me at least a quid. It's it's a dollar. You can, you can do a dollar. Um, Eurovision, I, I think, I don't want to speak for Ben, uh, but I think we're basically on the same page. Eurovision is kind of a laugh, but musically it's not good. It's, there's a, there, but it's, it's not. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's not good. There are some gems. Yes, but, but gems possibly... from a musical point of view or gems from like a comedy campy point of view? Oh, a bit of both. I mean, Hard Rock Hallelujah by Lordy. Yeah, fair. It's a really good song. But would you consider that a uh, archetypical it's, Eurovision moment? It's not. Yeah. Something, yeah. So whilst there are really good ones like that, and obviously there's difference in culture, so Certainly. maybe so, so some country songs may seem odd, more odd, but sometimes it, there's just a lot of weird shit. It's a lot of weird stuff. Lots of uh, weird things. Lots of hand grabs. Yes, like like pulling the air down. I am. Um, I remember the the year that I I decided actually Eurovision is kind of fun, even though it's kind of tacky and cheesy. There was a Moldovan gentleman um, on a unicycle playing the trombone with just a hat that was much taller than he was, and just the fact that he was able to. I realise now he was probably miming, but even looked like he was playing the trombone whilst on a unicycle without not whilst not just, like, arse over titting himself. That was very impressive. But that was more of an acrobatics issue. Fun fact about the Eurovision, you actually are literally not allowed to play your instruments on stage. You have to mime. Yeah, I, um, I assumed that would be the case. Really? <laughs> it's written into the rules, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of someone who was thinking of entering uh, uh, for my YouTube channel a while back, um, I looked into it a little bit, and that was one of the, the rules I discovered. Um, Moldova, incidentally, they always pull their weight. They always bring yeah. a brilliant, nonsensical song with a great visual, nonsensical sort of gag. Yeah. Um, every yeah, year, yeah. they're always like, I just love... Every time Moldova comes along, I'm like, are they going to top what they've done the last time? You know, they, they're they brilliant. They they totally get what Eurovision is good for, which is yes. nonsense and sort of like... But also their songs are relatively catchy as well. I mean, they just they mm. just get the nonsensical aspect of Eurovision and they nail it nearly every time. They're the most consistent country as far as I'm concerned. Um, yes, uh, my relationship to Eurovision is obviously, as an Irish person, is I, I find it really funny because Ireland, back when I was a kid, had this sort of sense of superiority because we were we had won the most Eurovisions, and um, we had like a string of wins in the seventies, and then it, like two back to back wins, I think, in the nineties. Um, one of them is the most turgid, horrible, boring song you've ever heard in your life. It's Ireland, by the way, has this really, and still to this day, this really frustrating obsession with bad country and western music like Garth Brooks and stuff like that it's really weird and like and I, although I've come across it in the UK it's potent in Ireland and there's this guy I can't remember his name he's a song called Rock and Roll Kids this is the one that won the Eurovision and the, the lyrics are like we were the rock and roll kids rock and roll was all we did now we never seem to rock and roll anymore and it's like oh for god's sake it's absolutely dreadful and it's and, and he's wearing this leather jacket like he's like you know in a diner in the 50s like he's the Fonz oh or something God. it's just it's so embarrassing but like for, for some reason we were really proud that he'd won and then there was another one that <laughs> had won called uh, her name was Emer Quinn and she had an okay song it wasn't that great and then of course Riverdance was done and you were the most famous of all the midway shows or whatever you know or the, the halfway shows whatever they're called and nearly all of them today are based on Riverdance seeing if they can recreate that so we had this feeling of superiority about the Eurovision 
enter all the other European countries when when Europe uh, admitted, I think, I think 12 or 17 new countries or whatever. Um, they came in and they just hammed it up and they, they just completely changed the game. And Moldova, you know, were doing what they were doing and, and people started like lordy acts like that started coming in. It got very visual. And every single time Ireland come last or second last in the Eurovision today, there's always some ranty sort of uh, article in, in the Irish Times or another like national newspaper about, oh, the Eurovision isn't what it used to be. Oh, it used to be great, <laughs> but it's not good anymore uh, because Ireland didn't do well, but we clearly had the best song. It's all about visuals, isn't it, lads? Uh, you know, it's like, are you seriously trying to suggest that the Eurovision, like, that it once had some sort of standing musically, like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I just love it. And I, I just love the fact that Ireland cannot get over our time is done. We're, we, we, are, we are a faded empire and we are never going to ever get back in again until we just embrace Zig and Zag or something and like bring them back. Mm. And we've actually tried that before. We tried one of our cartoon characters or one of our puppets in the Eurovision and we failed miserably there too because we just, we just don't get it. Um, anyway. was, Zig and Zag, was Zig and Zag Irish? Oh, that's blasphemy. Of course they were. I'm so glad that you've mentioned this because I was talking about Zig and Zag on I don't I think it was one of our live streams. I can't remember if mm. it was for this or one of our gaming ones. I can't remember what got us onto there, but I just had this flooding memory of Zig and Zag. <laughs> the, we were playing the, Fall Guys, and it was the vibrant color scheme that reminded you of Zig and Zag. Or were we talking it, about ice creams from the 90s? I think it might have been ice creams from the 90s. Because I vividly remember a zigzag ice cream of some kind. There was zigzag, and then I think that might have been what reminded me of zig and zag. Could have been it. But yeah, yeah. all of this just repressed zig and zag. Yeah. <laughs> what I didn't know was there anymore. They were, um, they were an institution in Ireland. We had um, a kids' TV show uh, started around 3 o'clock called uh, The Den. Uh, and The Den had... Ian Dempsey and Zig and Zag. They were his, uh, his sideshow puppets that kind of jumped around and made kind of... It was, re- it was really funny as well because it was very ad hoc. They did not script or plan. They just kind of went berserk on live cameras and, and, and Irish television. It was really funny. And sometimes they would actually literally annoy each other or say something personal about the other person. Um, There's some great YouTube compilations of going slightly too far gags that they kind of did. But... Um, oh, my God. Uh, for some reason, they just they transitioned over to the UK. Um, and we were like, what? And we kind of thought that was amazing. That, that it's kind of Zig and Zag occupy a very similar place in my brain to like uh, Timmy Mallet, like stuff that I know I've watched, but I can't tell you a damn thing about the show other than like maybe some of the really basic promotional assets or like what the guys look like. But the, I what, might. Uh, what are the demographics? Yeah, what are the demographics for your podcast in terms of like countries? <laughs> like how, how represented are the US? Because they've tuned out by now. I'm, I'm almost certain. <laughs> No, we're quite big in the US. Um, occasionally we'll get um, Russia and Portugal will sort of seem to swap back and forth with being like our third biggest. So I think it's US, then UK, and then either Portugal or Russia, apparently. Didn't There's... we have just one bloke in Iran who... Yeah, binged... one bloke in Iran, like, listened for all of our stuff in a hot weekend and then we've, he's gone. <laughs> 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 like, we're very grateful for you, Mr. or Mrs. Iranian... Uh, person, we don't hope you come back soon. <laughs> Let's wait for another sixty episodes to come out, and oh yeah, they'll they'll be back. But Mister yeah, Iranian person, if you are listening, check out Zig and Zag and check out the the Den back when they were cool. Yes, conversation. Right, I Martin, I think we need to be respectful of your time, especially if you want to try and get a Patreon mini episode out of you as well. So well, we'll you'll hear up- my Eurovision story. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Um, do you mind? Uh, we well, okay. So I was gonna say we normally wrap up by uh, going through a list of possible show titles that I've written down, uh, and then democratically electing one to be the episode name. I ha- I've literally just written down "open butter," so I'll be fine with "open butter" being the episode title. <laughs> I think it has to be. Yeah. Okay. I- I'm glad. I'm circling the only one I've written down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it really obvious, we go. I've underlined it thrice as well. Um, Martin, where can people find you online? Oh, um, they can find me at by typing Tantacruel <laughs> into into YouTube. Um, hold on, let me just actually. What is the URL? Let's just do it that way. YouTube. Okay, so it's youtube.com forward slash Tantacruel, T A N T A C R U L. I can't pronounce my R's, so that's Romeo. Um, but I also can't do the full phonetic alphabet, so I can't actually do it from, you know, from T to L. So maybe we have you do it, guessing. since I'm clearly incapable of doing it. I'm dyslexic. Ben, can you do it, please? I've forgotten what was just said. Hang on. If I type it, Tantacruel. There's an R there, an oh. R. T-A-N-T-A-C-R-U-L. I cannot pronounce R. I just can't do it. Right. Thank you for listening, Pod Babies. Uh, <laughs> do rate and review on your podcast app of choice. Ideally, positively. That would be best. Uh, if you want more conversation at podcast, you can either wait till next week when we're doing a live stream, or you can go over to Patreon now. You can patronize us with a single dollar, and you'll get access to everything one week early, uh, well, actually, most of the stuff one week early and a special Patreon-only uh, episode. I forgot the and, word episode. And and you, you you get lots of those. You get them for each time for, for for forever. For every, if you give us for more every money, guest episode. we'll send you more shit. <laughs> we'll put like, stuff in the post box. You can get hats and hats, t-shirts and things. Shirts, yeah, man. Right, we do Over face we masks with rude Shut things up. written on them. Yes, they do. <laughs> right. I'm pressing stop. Uh, we don't actually have to press stop. We can just keep <laughs> no, rolling into the next episode. And I'm going to tell my story. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat podcast. We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation App podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation App podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean they're not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access to our recording recorded episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear. Which is really exciting for us, because it means that we can be really super gross, and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.